Welcome back to another episode of the Jacob Johnston Show. Okay, so every single day, it seems, more and more evidence of election fraud keeps coming out. And I'm as frustrated as you trying to get Republicans sitting in elected office to take a look at this and do some action. But they always keep coming up with excuses. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know there's a little bit of an election fraud taking place. But, but is it enough to overturn the election? First off, the apathy in that. Yeah, there's always some election fraud, but, you know, we're not going to do anything about it. This is what they're saying. And they keep coming up with this excuse. Was it enough to overturn the election? First off, we should be going for the goal of zero fraud in an election. I mean, that would seem to be the number one goal. Secondly, We've uncovered evidence of election fraud taking place. The question of, yeah, but is it enough to overturn the results of the election? That's what we're trying to get you to investigate. Do you not understand this? That's what we're trying to get you to investigate. We don't have access to all the information. We don't have access to the actual ballots. We don't have access to these agencies that are involved in carrying out the elections. You do. That do you not understand that? Is that what part of this is not getting through to you? Through a publicly available information, we are uncovering evidence of election fraud. It's your job to investigate that to determine what the extent of that election fraud is so that we can determine whether or not it's enough to overturn the election. Because you, sitting in elected office, have a lot more access than we do. All we can do is present to you, based off of publicly available information, we found hundreds and we found thousands of instances of voter fraud. Why are you not taking action? Why are you expecting us with very limited access to be able to prove to you that it was enough to overturn the election when we are only able to present to you evidence of election fraud taking place and you're supposed to investigate? But that concept seems to be out of reach for them. They can't wrap their heads around the idea of doing their job. It's like they thought once they got elected to office, they were in retirement. Sure, they would have to show up to a meeting here and there and maybe ask a few questions when the camera's on so that they can look good, but ask them to actually put in some work, ask them to actually do their damn job. Apparently, that's too much to ask, isn't it? So there is even more evidence of election fraud that has come out. And why they don't investigate this, I don't know. But there's more evidence of election fraud, and it's with the post office, of course. ...of election fraud mounts as the mainstream media and Democrats loudly insist Joe Biden is still the 2020 winner. However, numerous whistleblowers are coming forward with credible information that hundreds of thousands of votes for President Trump mysteriously disappeared on election night. On Tuesday, Jesse Morgan, a worker for the U.S. Postal Service, revealed that his trailer full of ballots simply went missing after he dropped them off. The worker drove his truck from Bethpage, New York, all the way to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and 
Biden says he was carrying some 288,000 completed mail-in ballots. Phil Klein, the director of the legal group Thomas More Society Amistad Project, says they have many more testimonies from whistleblowers with similar stories. Okay. Okay. So there is more. See, here's what you need to understand. The Democrats didn't go off and pull off election fraud through one means. They didn't just rely on dead voters. They didn't just rely on out-of-state voters. They didn't just rely on stuff in the ballot box. And they didn't just rely on the post office, you know, bringing in more ballots fraudulently or refusing to deliver ballots. See, you got to take a look at this holistically. Not just, was this one particular instance or type of fraud enough to overturn the election? Take a look at all the different types of fraud and then determine whether or not collectively it's enough to overturn the election. That's that's another thing. It seems like the Democrats, they may be horrible people, but they're not stupid. And the Republicans, well, those in elected office apparently got pretty damn stupid. They, they don't understand anything. You know, maybe that's why they're in public office. It seems like we fill up all of our government leadership with a bunch of morons. At least on the Republican side, the Democrats, they install evil geniuses on how to overthrow democracy and strip us little by little of our constitutional rights. And now they found a way to overthrow democracy itself. So you take a look at all of this and you realize, hey, the Democrats, they went through an entire investigation for two and a half, three years, right? An investigation into Trump-Russia collusion. They had nothing. They had zero evidence, zero witnesses. And what evidence they did have, they manufactured themselves. They altered documents in order to make up evidence. They just put together a bunch of rumors and innuendo and then they investigated nothing they they were able to drag that on for years to hinder the trump administration from being able to pull off everything it wanted to do and even with that trump was able to rack up a lot of successes but imagine how much more successful he would have been if you in the republican party would have wised up to what the democrats were doing engaging in a fraudulent investigation based off of nothing. They had nothing to work with, and yet they got a special counsel investigation. Now, here it is. We are producing evidence. We have actual whistleblowers who witnessed and have firsthand information. We got people with signed affidavits who are witnesses to the crimes. We got data up the wazoo of all the election fraud that has been taking place, you know, of all the various types of election fraud. We have data experts, security experts. We got all types of people coming forward as, you know, not only witnesses, but expert witnesses. We have more and have collected more in just a couple of short weeks than the Democrats ever had on the whole Trump-Russia collusion. And while they got a special counsel prosecution or special counsel probe, we can't even get you to take a look at the evidence, to do a, a few weeks of investigation 
to see how extensive the fraud was. I mean, all we're asking is for you to do a forensic audit. That's all we're asking. And we've produced a lot of evidence to support that there was fraud. We've done all we can with the information that we have access to. Now it's up to you, you and the legislatures, to do the investigation and find out whether or not the level of fraud was in fact enough to overturn the results of the election. Now I know some of this is repetitive of my last episode. I I get that. I understand that. But it's just so frustrating because we get more and more evidence every single day. And we can't even motivate them to look into it. And what do they tell us? Well, maybe maybe we'll investigate it in January. Oh, you mean when it's too late? I mean, let's say we get to January. You finally open up an investigation. You know, now that you're back in session. And you find out that Trump was the actual legitimate winner. But we have Biden in the White House. What then? Is there a method to be able to recall the president? Is there a way to remove Biden from the Oval Office if you're able to find out in January or February that the election was fraudulent and that Trump was the actual legitimate winner? What recourse do you have? And how much would that undermine and destroy democracy? Destroy everybody's faith? And what, what, what is that going to do to this country tearing it apart if you figure out and you wait until the new year after Biden's in office to find out that, oh, shoot, he didn't actually win. And think about what that's going to do to your career. Oh, yes, of course, you've already figured out what that will do to your career, which is why you're never going to actually do the investigation. You're just going to hope that it all goes away. Idiots. Okay, so... Even though we're all frustrated with what happened in this election, all the election fraud that took place and the inability to get the Republicans to take any action and investigate the extent of the election fraud, there are some people out there that are going a little bit overboard. A little bit overboard. Now, I've been supportive of Lynn Wood and the statements that he's made and the lawsuits that he has brought. But there are some things that are going just a little bit too far. Okay, so there was a Stop the Steal rally down in Georgia. And Linwood, along with Sidney Powell, was there. And Linwood gave some horrible advice. Take a look. Do not be fooled twice. This is Georgia. We ain't dumb. We're not going to go vote on January 5th in another machine made by China. You're not going to fool Georgians again. If Kelly Loeffler wants your vote, if David Perdue wants your vote, they've got to earn it. I understand the sentiment there. I understand. You know, politicians should have to earn your vote. But where I disagree is this whole not show up and vote in Georgia. Now, look, you're going off and going, well, why vote? You know, the election's rigged. The results are predetermined. Why should we show up and vote? Well, you know what? I say in Georgia, now, unfortunately, I don't live in Georgia, but I can only try and give some advice. In Georgia, you want to turn up in even larger numbers than you did in the presidential race. Here's why. 
because maybe if you turn out in even larger numbers and the Democrats have to engage in even more extensive fraud in order to get the results that they want, then maybe the Republicans in the Senate seeing how much fraud took place and that fraud actually disrupts them, maybe then they'll take action. Now, January 5th, you know, that is still before Inauguration Day, which means there might still be time to undo this fraudulent election. Right? They can go through and implement emergency resolutions. They could do something, right? But maybe if you turn out in even larger numbers, requiring the Democrats to engage in even larger measures of election fraud, and the Republicans in the Senate seen that election fraud and how election fraud now disrupted them. They're no longer in the majority. Mitch McConnell was no longer the majority leader due to election fraud. Then maybe, and maybe then, they'll take action. And then that will prevent a fraudulent Biden administration from occupying the White House and putting us under basically foreign occupation by China. Just a thought, you know, because I I think I got this figured out. Until, until election fraud actually threatens the other Republicans, until election fraud actually threatens the Republicans in the state legislatures, until election fraud threatens the Republicans in the Senate and tears down Republicans in the House, when election fraud starts getting to the point where it disrupts their seats, their election chances, then they'll take action. But as long as election fraud is only targeted at President Trump, they're more than willing to accept it. And I think they're willing to accept it because, well, let's face it, they've always been resistant to President Trump. I mean, they supported the Mueller's probe. They told Trump, don't you dare fire Mueller. You know, let's let the Mueller probe continue. Let's let it go through its entire evolution. Let's, they didn't come out against the FBI, you know, spying on and targeting the Trump campaign or the initial few weeks of the Trump administration. No, they didn't, they didn't say boo about that. They didn't say boo about Mueller being assigned as special counsel to investigate Trump on a baseless claim, uh, claim. Ah, getting a little tongue tied on a baseless claim for years. They didn't say anything. In fact, they supported it. Right? The only time that they've actually stuck up for Trump was when they had no other choice, and that was during impeachment. And even then, they didn't really say a whole lot. The vast majority of them were quiet. They, they didn't say anything. They dodged the question. But when it came down to it, yes, most of them voted the right way. Right, they voted to not remove from office, which I think they only did that, you know, as much as they hate Trump, just as much as the establishment Democrats do. They only did that because they knew they would never get reelected. They knew that if they were to remove Trump, we would not show up for them. In fact, we might have still had some time in order for people to go around and primary challenge them and disrupt their seat. 
So the only time that they have ever stuck up for Trump and defended him against the media and the left-wing assaults and all the impeachment attempts, all the coup attempts, the only time they ever stuck up for him is when they had no other choice because not doing so would threaten their seat. But now that, you know, they found a way to make it seem like they can get rid of Trump and go back to the swamp as usual, you know, where they put on a show for the camera, but behind the door, they all collaborate and agree on everything and push through all of these garbage bills that are allowed to spend us into poverty and strip us little by little of our rights. This is the problem with the Republicans. They're hardly any different from the Democrats, except when they need to be in an election year. And so because we have an election every two years, the Republicans come out, they screw us for a year, and then they pander to us for about six months so that we'll vote for them because they're just not the Democrats. And we need more of a reason than that. Now, with the Georgia runoff, we don't have time to go off and expect more. We don't have time. In fact, we don't even have the ability to inject another candidate, a primary challenge, a third-party challenge. That's not even allowed. It is fixed. There's only the Republican versus the Democrat. So in this election, as much as we are pissed off at the Republicans for how they've resisted Trump just about as much as the Democrats for the last four years. We have no choice because if the Democrats win Georgia, then it's over. It's game over. No more democracy, no more free and fair elections. Well, (laughs) no more hope of a free and fair election. No more constitutional rights. It's all thrown out the door and they're going to pack the courts. That's what they'll do in order to be able to implement their tyrannical agenda. But at least if we win Georgia, then the Republicans will have to stand up from time to time in order to give us a reason to show up for them in 2022. Or at least that's going to be the calculus. They're going to you know, act tough for the cameras. They're going to say no on quite a few uh, pieces of legislation. They'll refuse to seat some judges, you know, but only the craziest of the crazy judges, the judges that will at least pretend to have some sense of moderation. They'll just go ahead and fill up the courts with that as well. You know, but I mean, we just don't have any other choice in this particular runoff election just because there isn't any time or any other options. It's either the Republicans who will at least slow down some of the stuff in order to prevent a bunch of blowback from us tossing them out of office. But then we need to start gearing up for 2022. And we need to start primary challenging every last one of these Republicans. I don't know if Mitt Romney is up for re-election in 2022. You know, I'm not in uh, Utah, so I don't keep track of what what his six-year cycle is. But if he's up in 2022, somebody better primary his ass because he is. he even voted to remove President Trump from office based off of nothing. So, you know, Mitt Romney, he is not a Republican. You can barely call him a rhino. 
he is out there attacking Republicans and attacking Trump every last chance that he gets. Now, here's Mitt Romney on CNN. You know, he's, you know, of course, CNN would invite him on because he's one of the few people that will actually go on CNN. And his only role going on CNN is to attack President Trump and other Republicans. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you got a lot going on up on the Hill right now. We have a lot to discuss. Yesterday uh, on the coronavirus, it was the single deadliest day of the pandemic. More than 2,800 Americans uh, were reported dead just yesterday alone. More than 100,000 people are hospitalized all across the country. The CDC director says the next three months will be, in his words, the most difficult time in the public health history of this nation. So here's the question, uh, Senator, where is the president's leadership? He's obsessed with everything else, not with this. Well, this hasn't been the focus of his rhetoric, apparently, and uh, I think it's a great human tragedy, without question. The extraordinary loss of life is uh, is heartbreaking, and in some respects, unnecessary. Not in all respects, but we've relaxed our standards as individuals. Uh, some states haven't had mask mandates, and from Washington, we have not had a constant, uh, consistent plan and plea for people to wear masks, to social distance, to take all the measures that would reduce the spread of this disease. It's a uh, It's unfortunate that this became a political issue. It's not political. This is public health. And unfortunately, we have not made that message clear enough to the American people. And people are dying because of it. Oh, shut the hell up. Mitt Romney. You know what? This is about how much respect I have for Mitt Romney. I could go upstairs right now. You know, I'm down in my basement studio. I can go upstairs take a crap, refuse to wipe my butt, and he still wouldn't be worthy enough to kiss my ass. Right? Jeepers. You know, he could kiss my shit-stained ass. No, wait, he's not worthy enough for that. So there's Mitt Romney. And maybe, I, I don't know, maybe the issue with Mitt Romney is He's pissed off. He's jealous because Trump is far more popular in the Republican Party than Mitt Romney ever could be. There is a loser that lost, lost to Obama, which means he sucked as much as John McCain. And John McCain was hardly what you could call a Republican. He sucked. He's out there jealous that it was Trump that beat the Republicans. Trump That was able to beat Clinton. Trump probably could have easily beaten Barack Obama. And Mitt Romney is probably pissed off going, why didn't you guys show up for me in these numbers? You know, if you guys would have showed up for me like you did for Trump, I I could have beaten uh, Barack Obama. Yeah, but see, you sucked as a candidate. We saw you going through, and immediately after you got through the primaries, how you lost your backbone, how you wouldn't go after, stand up for us, how you keep stabbing us in the back. You know, every time the media attacked you, you would cave, apologize, act like a scolded dog. That doesn't inspire people to come out and vote for you. Have you ever thought maybe the reason why you lost to Obama in 2012 was just because you absolutely sucked as a candidate. We didn't really like you. You didn't motivate or inspire anybody. But yet, you were willing to kiss Donald Trump's butt 
in order to get him to help you win your Senate seat. And then what happened after you win your Senate seat? Boom. Well, now I know. Maybe maybe 2022 he is up for re-election. I don't know. I'll have to go through and look at that. But Donald Trump, you know, you kiss his butt in order to win a Senate seat. And then you immediately turn around and stab him in the back every last chance you get. You stab Republicans in the back every last chance you get. And so you want to know why we voted for Trump in numbers that we would never show up to vote for you in? Because you suck. You have no hope of ever being able to run for president in the Republican Party. No hope. Any aspirations that you thought you had left of running for president under the Republican ticket, dead. Dead. You would get 0% in the Republican primary. You wouldn't get, I mean, maybe you might get a couple of votes here and there. You might get one-tenth of a percent of the Republicans to support you. Maybe. One-tenth of a percent. Because you suck. And your whole, I'm going to attack Trump because... Well, it's the only way I get attention. You can't get attention on Fox News or throughout any conservative media or any place conservatives tune in because we despise you. We don't like you. You know, you're a horrible garbage person. So because you can't get attention on any place that conservatives, Trump supporters, or anybody on the right actually watches, the only way you can feed your ego is to go on these far-left outlets like CNN and trash Republicans, to be the token Republican that bashes other Republicans so they can say, see, we have a bipartisan consensus that this is bad. No, Mitt Romney, you're a Democrat. I'm surprised that you haven't changed your party affiliation to Democrat. Now, as much as I hate to say this, we need you to not do that. That way we can maintain control in the Senate. Now, whether or not that's really any control, I mean, at least Mitch McConnell will be able to say no or refuse to bring things up. But we know when push comes to shove, Mitt Romney's going to side and vote with the Democrats every last chance that he gets. Because he looks at Republicans, he looks at the voters, he looks at the Constitution and gives it the two barrel. Uh, the two middle fingers. I was going to say something different. You know? And I got a little tripped up. Yes. But he's going to go off and give us the big middle finger every single time. So, I, I mean, I don't know what to say here. He uh, He's just always going to go off and attack Republicans. And he's the type of person, and all of those that are like him, that need to be thrown out of the Republican Party. You know, whoever, you know, in uh, Utah, you know, uh, or is it Nevada? Utah, Nevada, Utah, Nevada. You know, I'm getting so pissed off I can't remember. But primary his butt. Get him out of there. You know, and use things like this. Use how he keeps attacking Republicans all over the place. It would be easy to primary challenge him. All you have to do is, in the primaries, run ad after ad after ad of Mitt Romney attacking other Republicans. And then you can go off and go, he's, and point out quite accurately that he's really nothing more than a Democrat. 
you know, a rhino, someone who will never stick up for you. That's how you primary them. In fact, you could primary about a good two-thirds of the Republicans holding office off of that campaign strategy, and it would work because there's plenty of media appearance by most of these Republicans trashing President Trump, supporting Mueller, supporting the Democrats' you know, uh, four-year coup, and then their refusal to do anything to stand up for election integrity. That's how you get rid of these guys. Okay. So I got about one more clip here. Source now telling CNN to expect a flurry of pardons from President Trump in the coming days. This comes as the White House is dodging questions about reports the president may actually be considering pardons for his personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, and members of the first family. We're joined by the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, California Democratic Representative Adam Schiff, a congressman. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, If the president uh, uh, does indeed pardon, let's say, Rudy Giuliani or any members of his family, would you see that, uh, and I asked Preet Bharara this question, as essentially an admission of guilt? Oh, I certainly would view it that way. I think millions of Americans would view it that way. If there was no belief in criminality, why would he think a pardon was necessary? Uh, but nonetheless, you can see the president trying to lay the foundation uh, for that kind of a inherently self-dealing and I think corrupt act by suggesting that, uh, you know, vengeful Biden administration bureaucrats might go after him. Uh, so you see him laying the foundation, and this is a president who you know, on the way into office, uh, you know, acted corruptly, and I think is determined on the way out to do the same. Well, there's Adam Schiff. You know, it's kind of hard to be able to determine who the least honest Democrat is, who the biggest BSer is, who the most corrupt Democrat is. It's hard to figure it out, but Adam Schiff is up there. He's probably contending in the top five positions. Now, here's Adam Schiff who basically, before Trump got into office, the only interviews he could get was on RT, a Russian media company, or at least at the time, had some connections to Russia, a disinformation channel. So here he is, once again, getting a softball question. And you see the little twinkle in his eye and the smile because he knows that he doesn't have to actually answer for the fact that he lied his butt off throughout the entire Trump-Russia collusion. And he's still going off that debunked conspiracy theory that he pushed in order to push more conspiracy theories. I mean, how many times does this guy get to go on TV lie his butt off, claim that there is evidence of this, that, and the other thing, get proven wrong, get proven to be part of a conspiracy, part of a coup attempt, and then still gets to go on TV and still act like he wasn't the one that has been engaged in everything that he claims Donald Trump was engaged in? It is Adam Schiff that should be removed from office. It is Adam Schiff that has abused his power. It is Adam Schiff that has engaged in damn near criminal activity, if not a co-conspirator to criminal activity. He should be in jail. Now, this whole issue about President Trump pardoning himself, you know, what does that tell you? Why would he need to pardon himself if he didn't do anything wrong? Because of you Democrats. Because of you. 
Never before has a president faced a party that is so corrupt as to abuse government to such a degree as to target political opponents with the power of government for no reason whatsoever other than the fact that they're upset that you challenged them in an election and won. I mean, just take a look at what happened to Mike Flynn. Mike Flynn, as the incoming security uh, advisor, all right, national security advisor, he was targeted by the Obama administration, targeted by the FBI. They went off and they interviewed him. They had no crime. They had no evidence of a crime. They had no justifiable reason to even question him about a phone call he had because there was absolutely no crime and nothing out of the ordinary about it. During the interview, Michael Flynn, General Flynn, didn't commit a crime. He did not lie to the FBI. Now, the initial agents came out of that and wrote down, you know, no attempts to be deceptive, you know, and then what happened? Well, the Democrats came by later with Mueller and decided, yeah, you know what? We're going to just claim that he lied. And then we're going to start prosecuting him based off of that. Again, no crime, no evidence of a crime. And they still went off to prosecute him. And then they went through and they started targeting him. They targeted his family. They threatened to throw his family members in jail if he didn't cooperate with them. And so what happened? He was coerced into signing some sort of plea deal, right? He was coerced because he was near bankrupt, about to lose his home, and they were threatening his family. He couldn't afford to defend himself. Now, luckily, Sidney Powell stepped in, and she defended him vigorously and forced the FBI to release evidence that they were holding back. And I can't believe that the judge was not forcing the FBI to provide the information as part of discovery. You want to prosecute something, you actually got to show what evidence you have of the crime. You know, this whole, no, 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 we're charging him with crime. We have evidence, but we can't show you the evidence because of uh, 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 national security reasons. But we want you to go, let us prosecute him anyways. That's not how the Constitution works. So Sidney Powell steps in, and what happens? She goes off and proves Michael Flynn was innocent. Proved that the FBI's charges that he lied, or Mueller probes charges that he lied to the FBI, proved that that was false. Proved that there was no basis in which to prosecute General Flynn to begin with. But what happened? After he was proven innocent, proven that there was no crime committed, at least no evidence of a crime committed, and the Department of Justice decided, okay, we're going to drop our case because, yeah, there was no evidence and we had no right to bring forth a prosecution. The judge steps in and the judge tries to prevent them from dropping the case. The judge refused to let the prosecution drop their prosecution. It's amazing. This judge comes out and is a complete activist, a complete Democrat activist hack instead of a judge. And goes, no, 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 you signed a plea deal. Yeah, but we proved that that plea deal was coerced and um, the whole entire basis of this criminal prosecution was fraudulent. He's innocent. He had, there was no basis for any of this. Well, I don't care. He signed a, you know, he signed a, a confession statement. Yeah, but that was coerced. The law does not 
uh, allow uh, prosecution based off of a coerced confession. Well, I don't care. Well, the prosecution doesn't even want to prosecute anymore because they know he's innocent. I don't care. We're going to continue to prosecute. And you know what? I'm just going to delay. I'm going to keep delaying, delaying, delaying. Let's see what the outcome of the election is. Because if Joe Biden gets into office, then they'll want to re-prosecute. And then we can really stick it to them. I mean, they went after an innocent man, knowing he was innocent, and then went off and to maliciously prosecute him endlessly, no matter what. And this was a general that they did this to. Now you take a look at Trump and his family. They've been threatening prosecution for years. They've been all over the media talking about how when Trump leaves office, him, his family, everybody around them will be subject to prosecution. Now, do they have any evidence of a crime? No. Does that matter to them? No. Because they're power abusive. They'll abuse power any chance that they get. And they want to send a message to all conservatives, to everybody on the right, Don't you dare challenge us in an election ever again. Don't you dare challenge the establishment. Don't you dare challenge the power of the elitist. And don't you dare think that the middle class and lower income class people should ever have a voice in government again. And anybody who dares runs on the agenda of putting America first and America's workers, you know, white and blue collar workers. Anybody who is not part of the elite that thinks they should actually have a say, anybody who runs on that agenda, we must send a message to them that the elites rule this country. It's the establishment, the swamp, and the bureaucrats, and you have no say. And so we're going to maliciously prosecute Trump. You know, we have no basis for it, but that doesn't stop us. We're going to do that to send a message so no one ever dares runs on the basis of wanting to work for the average person in this country. That's all it is. And they'll engage in endless malicious prosecution. So President Trump is going to do what he can because he knows, he sees this coming as much as any of us. That the Democrats, just because they finally got their coup successful, and got Trump removed from office, knowing that he could run again in 2024, well, they got to make sure that that doesn't happen. And the only way they can do it is to maliciously prosecute him and lock him up like we're in a third world dictatorship, like we're in a banana republic, where the dictator pretending to be an elected leader looks at anybody who dare challenges them and then locks up all their political opponents. That's what the Democrats are doing, and Trump knows this. So he's going to protect his family from the malicious attempts to prosecute them on bogus charges, you know, to try and bankrupt him and his family just because they don't like the fact that he beat Hillary Clinton in an election. You know, they're targeting him, not just because they don't like him, they're targeting him. Because they hate us. They hate us, the voters, the citizens of this country that chose him over their predetermined candidate of Hillary Clinton. Because we chose President Trump, they're going to punish us by punishing him. 
Okay. All right, so that's it uh, for this episode. I hate to leave you off uh, right there on a note like that, but I always have a problem figuring out the best way to end the show, to wrap it up, transition, and segue. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the audio version of the podcast. I have the new cover art uh, displayed right here. It is the Stop the Steal cover art uh, for my podcast. This will be on here at least until Inauguration Day. Don't forget to hit subscribe uh, to this channel, whether you are watching this on BitChute or Rumble or for some reason you are still watching this on YouTube. Um, if you're watching this on uh, Periscope or Twitch or the other platforms, don't forget to hit subscribe so that you'll know when there are new episodes. All right. Thank you so much. And I will be back again soon.